This week on Young Nostalgia, people believe what? And that existed? What? Let's take a look. It is that time of week again. We are back with Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Charlie is beside me right across the hall. Thank you so much, Charlie, for joining us. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good day for Young Nostalgia. Yes, it's good to be back, man. Good to see you. Um, we are podcasting today oh, on... What's he got this time? Okay. I don't actually have anything, man. I've been like, I've been doing really bad recently. It's been, it's been bad. I haven't been able to come up with anything, which kind of sucks. I think I've wasted, like, not, I've used all my good ones. Well, you know, I think every time you do it, you wait till later and later and later to come up with anything, and then now it, now you just are left to do it on the spot, and then right, and that just that just doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, okay, so not to not to dig up old bones, but uh, going back on our over and under conversation, I was hanging out at a friend's house this past Tuesday, and I was sitting on the toilet, and uh, <laughs> one thing led to another. One thing led to another. I was like, okay, I need I need the I need the toilet paper, <laughs> and I was like, where the hell is this to- toilet paper? It it was mounted to the wall behind the toilet. I had to spin around so much that my back cracked for me to get to the toilet paper to use it. <laughs> you should have just turned all the way around and, you know, sat on the toilet backwards. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, oh my God. Can you imagine if you accidentally walk in on somebody and they're like, backwards? <laughs> it's like, they'll look at you and be like, well, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Like, you don't, nobody else does it like this. Uh, no, but oh, really, the it. people who do that are maniacs. <laughs> what sit on it backwards no oh, oh well yeah um no i was saying who who would put the toilet paper roll in such a, a weird location like that i mean you're you'd have to it, be you have to be a psychopath it was crazy it was absolutely crazy so people were wondering if i was okay by the time it took me to find out where it was <laughs> and use it and then finally finish up you know what they're, i mean like, they're worried about you it was crazy <laughs> It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But episode 71 coming to you guys. We are doing a nice little cool little spin on the conspiracy slash stupid inventions uh, episode. So what Ben and I did, Ben's wonderful, great idea for the podcast is that we would split it up. Ben would take conspiracy theories and I would take inventions and we grabbed a couple of them, put them together on our show note uh, parchment our uh, papyrus and <laughs> and we are we are gonna read them to you uh completely blind of each other's uh conspiracy or invention and then talk about it so this is something i thought would be super cool since neither one of us know what we're going to talk about or bring up so i think it's gonna be a good like, time it could go one of two ways it could be just a train wreck where we're like both not on the same page at all throughout the entire show or, right. or it could work out fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, some combination of the both, because that's usually what every episode is. That, but. That's very true. <laughs> All right. Do you have any funny anecdotes to go off on before we kick off the show? <laughs> you know, once the transition music starts, nothing else matters other than our show notes. So, <laughs> Yeah, so we got to get it all out of our system right now. You know, I don't, I don't think I have any. We, right. might as well, we might as well hop right into the show. All right, fine. You're boring. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> We're back, Ben. Why don't you oh, kick us oh, off? Oh wait, I just guy? came up with one, but I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to do it now. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So the first one I have is Phantom Time Conspiracy. Phantom Time. Phantom Time, okay. yes. So it sounds like some weird Batman villain. <laughs> it does kind of, yeah. Um <laughs> Phantom Time. So in the early in the nineteen eighties, German historian uh Hubert Illig noticed I totally butchered that guy's name, I'm sure. Um <laughs> noticed uh there weren't very many archaeological records uh between the range of six fourteen and nine eleven AD. So Obviously, just like anyone's, you know, first conclusion would be, um, he concluded that those 300 years, roughly 300 years of history never actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) So we just, we just jumped ahead. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, so his phantom time hypothesis mentions that, uh, motions that all documents referring to that time period were forged and that contemporary archaeologists work uh, extremely hard to keep that covered up. Um, and so going uh-huh. along with this whole theory, um, we don't actually live in 2019. The correct year would be 1722. Okay. All right. Wait, <laughs> let me set this straight. So he believes... So, so what made him believe that that these years didn't exist exactly. Um, it was it was an idea that started with him. There not being very many records between six fourteen and nine eleven. Okay, so because because there wasn't necessarily many records, he said anything that was ever made throughout this time is obviously false. Right, and it's it, exactly, and so that kind of started the ball rolling, um, and so. Later on, as he kind of developed his theory a little bit, um, it kind of became a little bit more centered on an idea, um, mostly revolving around the the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly the Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII um, fabricated the Anno Domino dating system retrospectively in order to replace them in a special year of A.D. 1000. Um, and to rewrite history in order to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. So basically it was, he noticed that he kind of took two things that, you know, hey, this is kind of weird that, you know, this Otto the Third uh, um, had to find a way to legitimize his rule. And also, wait a second, there's an odd missing, you know, 300 years or so in here that can't really find too much information and so we kind of just put them two to put the two together um and came up with the phantom time (laughs) (laughs) so it i love it and this like this includes you know the 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 relatively uh few i guess even though it's not really a few but it's kind of few in respect to the rest of history events that actually happened so all of that stuff um would have been made up. And so um, that includes events, um, people. Uh, this, I believe, uh, <laughs> where did I read it? Uh, basically the entire early Middle Ages. So Charlemagne, all, you know, it's all had to be fabricated and the and backdated what? and the backstory created for everything just to try to add 300 years. Which is crazy because... 
so did like humanity just cease to exist for 300 years and then immediately they just snap back to it and they're like oh my god uh we've been sleeping for 300 years <laughs> no 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 it wasn't it wasn't ha- it didn't happen exactly like it wasn't at uh the year 614 they didn't just jump to 911 what happened was okay it went 614 15 16 all all the way up through until roughly uh until roughly the year 1000 AD and then the theory consists of you know whoever the powers that be decided that they were going to skip that 300 years because they wanted it was years after the the uh skipped dates and so what they wanted to okay. do was make the current date a different date 300 years in the future so they they went oh. back and fabricated 300 years to space up time to where they thought it should be. I it's, love it. It's kind of a hard thing to try to describe, um, but it's right because <laughs> it's, it's so convoluted. And, you know, I, I kind of did a little bit more, re- way more research than, you know, I would ever be able to begin to on a show. Um, and it just, it seems like this illig guy was such a incredible nut job. I mean, he was procla- proclaimed himself <laughs> as, the mo- the wisest man on earth and then he had like a series he had like a, a group of wild uh like cult like following behind him oh my god and he was well that's it, it, it's just so crazy that why is he so fixated on this because like not that it really like changes anything you know right and I, and i think <laughs> i think a lot of conspiracies especially some of the ones that we're going to talk about today um they don't necessarily revolve around trying to explain anything. I mean, this one kind of started off as trying to explain a weird, you know, idiosyncrasy in history. But right. I think a lot of it is someone wants to make a name for themselves trying to prove that something happened. You know what I mean? It's not about right what the actual data is. It's about making a name for yourself as a researcher or someone who found out some information that nobody else could find out. Right. So. For for someone, all you have to do is just keep on saying no to the people that argue to you, and then you're right <laughs> mm-hmm. at that point, you know? Exactly. I like I like it. It almost makes you think, did that happen again, though? So could it really actually be even less than 1700-something? Maybe, maybe it happened again, and they rewrote the past. <laughs> we could potentially be an actual, like, 1500 right now. Yeah, well, who, well, who knows? I mean, if, if anybody can just come up with this sort of thing, then... Heck, we could be on year one. I know year one we still. could be <laughs> right. We could be we could be brain and vats right now. We're actually just like literally it's like the Matrix CGI'd. Almost. Right, right. <laughs> okay. God, this is crazy. Is. All right, take us so into we're the gonna, first we're gonna move. invention. All right, man. First invention, which I'm sure many a people have heard about, at least, is hair in a can. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is amazing. Um, so it was. Is this the, the aerosol was, or the shake on like salt shaker kind of stuff? It's like aerosol. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> hair in a can. It was hyped breathlessly on off-hour infomercials. You know, like throughout the middle of the night. 
Um, and spray-on hair is supposed to cover up a bald spot. In practice, the can emits a fine powder that ends up lock- uh, looking a little bit better than if you had just like spray-painted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's like a tiny little bit of shine or something. Um so spray-on hair generally works in one of two ways. Either it directly colors the scalp and enhances whatever hair is in the area by thickening it, or generates hair-like filaments that cling to the scalp and existing hair there already. I didn't do too much digging into this, but you know, I'm sure it's probably not like very permanent and it's probably not good for your skin. But literally, it's just a can a can of like a can o hair, you know, right. like o, o, <laughs> right. o can o hair, and you just spray it on yourself, and it looks disgusting. Like it's terrible. I, well, I can. It's crazy. I remember seeing the commercials for that too, and they're, you know, even if a product <laughs> like this worked, even a little bit, there's no possible way it looks as good as it does in the commercials because it's like they'll show someone with like. Like bald as a cue ball on top, and then they'll be like, shh, right. shh, "Let's <laughs> spray this guy up," and then it'll show the same guy with like this big, giant, thick, curly head of hair. You know, it's like, right, right. oh my god! Like <laughs> the be- the best is like it would be awesome if it was like easy to tell that it was obviously somebody else that they try to make like it was look, not even the like correct the hair color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Totally a thing. I can also imagine with that stuff, you know, you spray it on, even if some by some chance it looks not horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can imagine the the, the exact second that you start to sweat on a hot day, it's going to be running everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And people are going to be like, are you okay? Oh, you know what? I don't know how many people, listeners, will will get this or if you will. You remember that show, uh, Impractical Jokers? Yes. That show is amazing. They they did it to the, the one, the bald guy. Uh, oh, really? Murr, I believe. Yeah, they made him okay. uh, spray on this fake hair in the show. And that's exactly what <laughs> happened is partway through the bit that they were trying to get him they they had him like put his hands on his like try to run his hand through his hair and it just wiped oh. all of it off and it came off in like it looked like it came off in like chunks oh god <laughs> oh god <laughs> so yeah that definitely would happen oh my god like you uh like like you wear a ball cap <laughs> yeah like that would be it would just oh, that's amazing. It would be everywhere. I just I feel like it would be absolutely everywhere. It would. I love it. Stained clothes and everything. Oh, I know. Um, Running down so, the back of your neck. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, in case you need hair on your back. Mm. That's true. That's true. So so really, it's actually pretty practical. Um, Spray-on hair was one of the products pioneered by Ronco in the 1980s under the name GLH9, which stood for Great Looking Hair Formula Number 9. The product was popular in the 1990s with 30-minute infomercials for the product on late-night cable TV. Then the Ronco version of uh, Spray-on hair sold over half a million cans half a million practically successful <laughs> half a million in modern society for sales in modern society oh my is, god it's trash 
Right. Oh, and then and then five years after it went public, they started airing those commercials. <laughs> Do you or a loved one? <laughs> Did they get cancer after using Ronco's Ronco's spray on hair? It's all for a class action lawsuit for (laughs) Ronco's spray on hair. You you could you could be entitled to compensation. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) That stuff cannot be good for you. I know. It can't. It can't. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> Back to you. Oh my goodness. Uh, let me get my act together here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> all right, so my second conspiracy, uh, I don't know how it could be, but it might be crazier than the first. Okay, all right. So this one's called the Time Cube. <laughs> The time cube Uh-oh. is a pseudoscientific theory of time and space developed by Gene Ray, a former electrician. I think it's odd that okay. they choose to say a former electrician. They like they state that very bluntly in the thing, like that's important to the whole thing. <laughs> right, um, right. He insisted that academics around the world were purposefully concealing that the fact that four simultaneous days occur during a single rotation of the Earth rather than just one. Okay, all right. Uh, Four days are going at once. Um, well, that's what happened all the lost time with the Phantom. Oh, that's true. Gosh, Everything was just, just imagine how many out. days went by and we didn't even know. <laughs> um, okay, where was I? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, theory called Time Cube, which claims that Pretty much all modern science uh, and participating, wow, all modern sciences are participating in a worldwide conspiracy to teach lies um, by omitting his theory's alleged truth that each day actually consists of four days occurring simultaneously. Alleged truth. Alleged truth. He's the only one. He's the only one alleging. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, Listen to this guy. Alongside these statements, Ray described himself as a godlike being with superior intelligence who has absolute evidence and proof of his views. <laughs> so is he only just saying this or is he like He's got like they always say he's got it's almost it's almost his, it's just like those people with the flat earth, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, we have proof, but it was destroyed in a bonfire that we just had last night. Right, exactly. And it's it seems like most of his proof, as well as just the ramblings of a madman on his website. Um, <laughs> oh, he has a website. Oh, yeah. Of course he has a website. Uh, All right. Link down in the show description <laughs> if you're interested. Ray asserted repeatedly and variously that academia had not taken Time Cube seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So I guess digging a little bit further, uh, a little bit further into it, um, you know, so he, this of course would mean that uh, Greenwich time, which is, you know, the global standard for time, um, the Greenwich time is actually a global conspiracy. Um, he actually utilizes various graphs, um, also using pictures of himself. I'm not really sure <laughs> what the point of those were. Um 
to purport, <laughs> that purport to show how each day is really four separate days made up of sunup, midday, sundown, and midnight. <laughs> okay, so it's typically like a day that we have come to known as. Where like, okay, so a day... A day is practically four hours and that's it? Ish? Or I guess like more like eight hours. Uh, see, I don't... It's very unclear what he's actually proposing with it. So it, it's... The way he talks about it is that it's still 24-hour days, but they're each of the four days is like overlapped the other ones because they're occurring simultaneously. Okay. But there's not like multiple of us living in each day. Correct. Honestly, I don't know. All of his stuff is so convoluted that I have no idea (laughs) what he's actually driving. Well, so, well, it just make it just it, 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 sorry, I, I don't mean to ramble on, but it just it makes no sense to me that like this theory doesn't change the way we live our lives, though. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just find it so funny that he's so adamant about it. But it's like, in, in, in what way of science is this making anything better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or making anything worse? Like, <laughs> So, OK, I do I do have a little bit of an explanation on how this works. Um, I still kind of. You know, it's kind of out there, <laughs> but uh, when the sun, si- when the sun, <clears throat> when the sun, <laughs> sun shines upon earth, uh, two major time points are created on opposite sides of the earth known as midday and midnight where the two major okay. time forces join synergy creates two minor time points. We recognize as sun up and sundown. The four equidistant time points can be considered as a time square imprinted upon the cycle of Earth. In a single rotation of the Earth's <laughs> sphere, in a single rotation of the Earth's sphere, each time corner point rotates around the other three corner time points, thus creating 16 corners, 96 hours, and four simultaneous 24-hour days within a single rotation of Earth. Equated to a higher order of life time cube. (laughs) Oh my god. You know, it just sounds like that he rejected he rejected the reality of time zones and said, no, it's actually just a cube. Yeah, I I just I don't (laughs) my brain is just so fried trying to make sense of that. So on top of all this, um uh he uh, Ray even gave lectures at the Massachusetts and Georgia Institutes of Technology um, on his time cube theory um, on his self-designed website, <laughs> uh, a stream of consciousness with intermittent capitalized words. He offered a thousand dollar reward to anyone who could successfully disprove his theory. That's a bold move. That is a bold move. Did he have to? Pay, did he have to pay up? I, I, there's no information on that. I, okay, there's probably right. <laughs> you know so few people that actually cared or even thought that they would ever give a get a thousand dollars. Right. And so, kind of as a last ending point of this whole thing, it's kind of funny actually. Um, he died at the age of 87 on the 18th of March 2015. But on as his Wikipedia page suggests. 
could also be interpreted as any dates between March 16th and March 20th. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually super funny. (laughs) So, I don't know. I think I kind of went a little out there with the conspiracies I found for today, but I think... uh, uh, I think I think there was a pretty good time. I mean, two total nut jobs. I know. I loved it. I thought it was great, <laughs> especially because it's like they died on four days simultaneously or something that just doesn't make sense. Like both of these theories, they literally don't change anything, you know? Like there's nothing that really like changes changes the way you feel, or the way you act or the way you the world is it just doesn't right and it's it's not like the it's not like they were trying to do anything by bringing these to the public either it's not like uh we never went to the moon there's a conspiracy there's a conspiracy that we never landed on the move on the moon and the government's lying to us for because of this right or because of something else like there's no i don't what would the end goal be in covering up something like he's talking about you know what's covered up i <laughs> what is the because any of the any of the decent conspiracy theories i'm not a conspiracy guy by any means but any of the decent ones it was covered up for a reason so whether it's uh to eliminate a market and to be more profitable in something else or to do anything. I mean, you don't, it's just like, you don't lie for, you don't lie to, and not have a reason. You know, it's, right. there's got to be right. a, it's a means to an end. And on something like the time cube, as well as the phantom time. Well, I guess the phantom time, supposedly there was a, uh, a reason, uh, because Otto wanted to legitimize his empire. Okay. So let's exclude that one. But on the time cube, I just, okay. I don't see, I don't see the means to an end as to why anyone would want to do that. Right, absolutely. I'm in the same boat. Right, Scra- it makes me scratch. It makes me scratch my head. <laughs> yeah, but oh, it's well. but I like it's it. It's good content for us later on, though. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so really, really, this show could be launched within a four day window. You know what? This is the kind of time frame we've been operating on this whole time. Right, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, on to my invention. So this one was called the Microsoft Bob. Have you heard of the Microsoft Bob? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> Is he so similar to like, design- the little paperclip guy? Exactly. Like the paperclip guy, the paperclip guy like was derived from like Clippy was derived from Microsoft Bob. Oh, really? And yeah. So Microsoft Bob uh, was a whole operating system actually designed around, you know, Clippy and uh, you get the crux of Microsoft Bob by what Clippy did. Um, so what happened? Sorry, I kind of that came out completely wrong. Okay. Here is <laughs> I'm a just comparison. Getting, so I'm getting hung up on Clippy. That's just <laughs> sorry. A fun yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> So Clippy, the guy that was in your Microsoft Word, like, hey, 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 I have something to tell you. Hey, hey. So that kind of aspect, think of that in a whole operating system broad, you know, perspective on a computer. That's Microsoft Bob, like Clippy times a thousand. 
so what pretty much what it was it was designed and developed um, in coordination with 19 with Windows 95. So it was actually designed to uh, be an easier interface for Windows 95 users and kind of envisioned your computer as like Microsoft Bob's, like his house and you as the guest. So like the operating system was like you're in a family room and you can click on things and it could like it would bring up what corresponds in real life on the computer. So the. Uh, it was represented by a house with rooms that the user could go into and and they contain familiar objects um, and then they corresponded with computer applications. So, for instance, like a desk with a pen and paper or a checkbook and other items, that coincided with the Microsoft Word processor. So you would walk into this room and you would click that and then now you're in Microsoft Word. And there's like this little dog named Rover that talks to you in little comic blips. Yeah. So, so was this a, a a separate software package that you could purchase and install, or was it? It was. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of coinciding with like the overpopularizing of the computer. Like now, it's a computer is very much a like a common household item. People aren't necessarily understanding what the start menu is and all this other stuff. So there was promotions where you could get Microsoft Bob with your computer, have it installed, and then it'll easily and cartoony and cutesy walk you through what you're capable of doing on your computer. Gotcha. So with with my with Microsoft Bob, he'd even supply cartoon sidekicks throughout the entire thing to guide you through simple tasks. Oh, this is how you search in your file folder and all this other stuff. And there's this little dog named Rover. This little yellow dog, and he'd follow you around. Um, wow. Needless to say, yeah, yeah. Needless to say, Microsoft Bob was criticized in the media and did not gain wide acceptance, which resulted in his cancellation the very next year. Well, yeah, so, I just feel like anyone who's trying to be just a little bit productive is just, there's so much time wasted in just navigation <laughs> of the OS. Right, you know? right. Like, I, I want to know if they had to go through this every single time they logged on. Like, it didn't actually save. So what's happening is that every time they log on, they act like they're a brand new user. <laughs> so you have to go through this 25-minute setup of this is where you find everything on your computer. That's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. I'm, wa- I'm wondering if I could find a, uh, a Windows Bob virtual machine just to go through it and try it. Because, I, I mean, we use... Uh, there's some things that we use virtual machines for at work and a little bit. I use virtual machines at home a little bit too. Um, and I wonder if I could load in a Windows Bob VM and just to try <laughs> oh, it Oh, <out>. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. If you if you Google Microsoft Bob, it's like the funniest looking thing. Even with like uh, the logo of Microsoft Bob, it's like the old Walmart smiley face, but with a pair of glasses on. I want to say that I know what you're... As soon as you started explaining, like, the the house on the inside... Oh, yep, I have seen this before. It's (laughs) it's amazing. I mean, like, nothing could have really competed against Macintosh in terms of, like, accessibility and, you know, the Mac Finder and all that stuff. Like, that was so well designed. And Microsoft just tried to do that equivalent, equivalent, but obviously it didn't... It didn't pan out, but there was one thing that did pan out, and that was the font Comic Sans, which was the def- uh, default font for Microsoft Bob. 
So Comic Sans was the default. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep. So so that's that's what was one good thing that came out of it came out of this software. Every time I look at anything Comic Sans, I just I can't take it seriously. Really? Because I've I've bought products before, like cheap products from Amazon that'll have like the serial number and the product name or something on the side and it'll be written in Comic Sans and like, oh my gosh, this is a total (laughs) Uh knockoff. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. I don't think this had Comic Sans on it, but um, I got a fan from Amazon. It was like five bucks, but I wanted it for my desk because where I sit kind of gets not very comfortable so i picked it up and on the on there you know there's like three bullet points right Mm -hmm. where it says like these are the highlights of how great this thing is um it is you know small it's like it has a stand so you can stand it up (laughs) move it anywhere and then it's quit Quit. They misspelled. They, they, <laughs> they just misspelled quiet. That was definitely someone mistyping something into a translator. Oh my God. <laughs> and then it just like, you know, obviously they mass produce these things. So mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, my, my favorite fan. <laughs> the uh, I'm also looking at this tune, that little dog uh, that you see on the right, the bottom right of the screen. Um, it looks like he's kind of given little tips and tricks and stuff along the way. That's actually, you could actually swap out uh, Clippy for Bob too, or not Clippy for Bob. For Rover? Yeah, Clippy for Rover. Oh, okay. And okay. I think there were several other options too um, on Windows, Windows ME. I think you could swap between different versions of Clippy. And one of them was the dog. And then there was another one that looked kind of like Qbert, I think. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! But, when did those become really big? Was that like Microsoft Windows two thousand or something? It was either two thousand or ME. Okay. And I don't remember which one. It's I not like either. I was super into computers then. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just remember like the school computers or whatever you'd go to, and Microsoft two thousand. It was always like that default background of like a super green prairie oh, yep. rolling hills with with a sky that was just obviously manufactured blue because the sky is never that blue right. nope i know Those exactly what you're talking dude. about it's what is it? i think that background's called like rolling hills or something like that oh my god you see god. it all the time on on the that internet. brings back it, it brings back like almost ptsd <laughs> i was kind of bummed uh with windows 10 they finally took away the Windows Classic theme that you could still run, like the Windows ninety five. Oh, OS yeah, yeah. on. I was kind of bummed about that because every once in a while I'd switch it back, and kind of funny to dupe people a little bit because you got this computer that's really fast and runs really well, but it all looks like Windows ninety five. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually really good. Check this out. So that that photo we were talking about, it's actually titled Bliss, and it was bought by Microsoft and the rights in 2000. Can you believe that? You taking that photo and then it's bought by Microsoft and like standard on all computers? Like, what? I also feel like, too, they probably were like, hey, that's a pretty cool photo. We'd like to buy it to use it for, I 
I don't know, like uh, some put it on the wall in the lobby, the lobby or something like that. Well, it turns out right. they bought it for like ten dollars or something, you know. And then, <laughs> oh my god! So he doesn't make absolutely <laughs> yeah. Anything. And it turns out it's the standard, <laughs> the standard background on every computer in that like three years span. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was taken in nineteen ninety six. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh boy. I loved it. Okay. Well, that's pretty much everything we got for episode 71, Conspiracies and Inventions All in One. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, it means a lot. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this kind of uh, blindsided view of both Ben and I with uh, total different topics that neither of us knew we were going to talk about. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all of the main podcast platforms will be out there. Let us know what you think. Please hit that five star. Scroll down a little bit. Hit that write a review button. We would love to know what you think. Just take about 30 seconds. Let us know. We will uh, always read them, and it means a lot to us to let us know what you think. As always, you can give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com for show uh, recommendations as well as guests we will be having dr shane tilton on within the next week or so to talk about uh awesome hobby interests uh in, in terms of large conventions um and almost like comic-con or something like that and how those have become a very prominent pop culture thing today um you guys rock thanks for joining in as the best podcast in the nation it means the world to us ben anything else you have on your end uh, that was a super fun show i think it's i like i like our more serious shows where we have a little bit more uh actual content to talk about but i also really enjoy these shows where there's we we really don't take anything seriously and it's just more of just a fun conversation um i'm, I'm loving it so i kind of like the i think the balance that we have between those two Right. I think I think we need to do this kind of thing again with us being blind to mm-hmm. each other's topics. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit because there are a couple that we have that we didn't talk about today. So yeah. we'll definitely be back. There's always content. Always content out there. Always, always content. And if there's not, we'll just make it up anyway because nobody will know. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We will talk to you next week. Bye.